Chapter 33 of A Year's Prayer Meeting Talks This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rebecca Eden Walker A Year's Prayer Meeting Talks by Louis Albert Banks Chapter 33 the selection of clothing for the soul luke 15 11 through 24 matthew 12 1 through 13 i am struck with the expression in this old parable of the prodigal son that it was the best robe that the father ordered to be brought out and put on his wayward son who had now come back home the best is none too good for the sons of god and god wants to clothe us with the very best what do you think is the best if you could look about you and clothe your life just as you pleased if you could reach up onto the shelves of this great wardrobe of a world and pull down any garment you wished, what would you choose as your idea of the best robe? If you could just take one robe, which you were to wear all the way through, which one would you choose? Would you take money or would you take character? Money is a good thing and will surround one with a great many comforts, but it cannot give peace. A man may have millions and yet not be able to buy resignation or contentment. Tears are just as bitter and sobs just as heartbreaking in a mansion as in a flat of three rooms. Every worldly garment, however rich, is doomed to decay from the first. A story is told of Mrs. Horace Greeley, who had a strong antipathy to kid gloves and never wore them upon any occasion. One day it is said she met Margaret Fuller on the street, and instead of greeting her with any usual salutation, she touched Margaret's hand with a shudder, exclaiming, Skin of a beast! Skin of a beast! Why, what do you mean? asked Margaret in surprise. What do you wear? Silk, returned Mrs. Greeley. Silk. Always. Margaret touched her hand and shuddered, saying, entrails of a worm entrails of a worm so it is that death and decay are written upon every earthly robe and in the severest storms of life that come to us they will leave us unclothed think of it how many things there are that money can never buy we want faithful friendship we want pure, sweet love. 
we want happiness. And many a man has dug his way into a gold mine trying to find them. But no earthly Klondike has a vein of those rich metals. And when death comes, the monarch is not more independent than the farmer or the mechanic. His crown, his palace, his army are all nothing, and his power drops from his nerveless fingers as helplessly as does the poor man's little all. Money and power and fame are all fine things to have, but if one can have only one robe, he would be very unwise to choose any of these. It is very foolish to choose what we must leave behind at that critical hour when death shall open the gate upon our eternal career. Surely there can be no doubt that a good character is the best robe there is in the whole universe of God. Dr. George H. Hepworth well says that it is better to be poor and noble than rich and miserable. It is better to be strong in your heart than in your purse. An upright man can walk through the darkness of the graveyard without fear or trembling. Just before we slumber at the last, it will be happier to hear an angel's voice bidding us welcome to the skies than to be told that we shall die a millionaire. In the last analysis, the only man of real worth who is well-clothed is the man of good deeds and lofty faith. You can exaggerate the value of your bank account, but not the value of your trust in God. Money is a good thing, but God is better. Let us work hardest for what is noblest. Not greed, but faith will stand you in good stead by and by. Make your life sweet with good deeds and pure thoughts. Set your days to the music of righteousness. Be a whole man or a whole woman, true, loyal, brave, and wholesome. Such a life is clothed upon in youth or age, in prosperity or adversity. Whatever comes will seem to fit you if you trust God and are sure that His will is best. Someone gave Billy Bray a suit of clothes, remarking as he handed him the parcel, The Lord told a Christian friend to send you this suit, but I am afraid it will prove too large. Oh, exclaimed Billy, if the Lord sent it, it is sure to fit, for he has my exact measure. The Lord has your measure and mine, and if we leave it to him, his providences will fit us perfectly. There is a very delicate touch in one of Paul's letters in which he says, We must put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You will never have a cloak that will fit you so gracefully. You will never wear 
anything that will be so attractive, and you will never have a garment that will caress you so tenderly as when you have put on Jesus Christ. I have been reading the story of some men who went hunting in the Northwest and shot a mother bear who was protecting three little cubs. The sun was getting low, so they skinned the bear and were starting off when one of the men said, Those cubs will die soon without their mother. That's so, the others agreed, but none offered to care for the little ones. Then one of the men said, Fred shot the mother, and he ought to take care of the babies. Well, I won't let them die, said the man mentioned, and soon the cubs were in a bag and slung over his back as he started bravely homeward. They were not a very pleasant load, and kicked and squirmed until he was tempted to throw them away. When they got to camp, the motherless pets were put in a box and given something to eat. But eat they would not, and yelp they would, making a distressing noise. He took a switch and whipped them. But they only cried the louder. At first, everyone was sorry for them, but by and by, as the crying was continued, everyone began to scold on account of the noise. Kill them, it was finally urged. Two or three times the young man who had brought them home went to them, intending to take them out and kill them. But each time they would stop crying instantly and looked so trustingly at him that he would go away and leave them. At last he grew hard-hearted, as no one could sleep with such a racket. He went up very bravely to the box and called on one of the others to help him. He refused. Do for mercy's sake tell me what to do then. Say, I have an idea he exclaimed, and he rushed out and brought back, what do you think? Why, the mother bear's skin. Covering this over something, he put it in a corner of the box. The men stepped back so they could see without being seen, and pretty soon each little cub had smelled the mother's skin and had nestled up close to it as contented as could be, and soon they were sound asleep. Even those hardy hunters went away with moist eyes to see them go so quickly to sleep by their dead mother's skin. We are orphans in this world, all of us, without God. No one of us has ever snuggled down to rest in perfect peace until we have felt close about us the comforting folds of the divine love. End of chapter 33 Recording by Rebecca Eden Walker